Spoiler alert! The Silver Screen Redemption includes few to no spoilers. Due to Houston and Brian's lack of cinematic knowledge, most of their movie information is either false or imagined. However, if they still leave you feeling paranoid about potential spoilers, please check the episode description for details. Who's back? Back again. The boys are back. Back in town. That's right. You heard it here first. Absolutely first, because was that supposed to be an existing song, or did you just make it up? I think it was a crossover between the Look Who's Back song. There's a Look Who's Back song? I think so. And the boys are back in town. And boys are back in town. Okay. TM, TM, TM. Wait, you're TMing the boys are back in town? I'm TMing the crossover. Oh, okay. That works. It's ours. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's right. You heard it here for it. Heard it here first. You heard it here first, folks. Silver (laughs) Screen Redemption, our comedy podcast where we take your favorite film franchises (laughs) and make subjectively necessary sequels, is back in town. We are back. You've been missing us all this time. All this whole week long break. That's how long we've been gone. But Uh, we're back. We're back. In season two. No need to worry about us. No need to report us as missing to the police. We're back. We're not in black, though. We're not. I'm I'm in in a dark gray. You're in a nice heather gray. You're in a Dungeons and Dragons and Drive-Ins and Diners shirt. Yes, I am. But we are back. We're back. Here we are. the one that's on your back. That's us. This is season two. Brian. Season two. What are we we doing in season two? we're, We're renovating... We are refueling. Better than ever. And we are recycling. And reducing and reusing. And we are doing a crossover with Jack Johnson and his three R's song. I didn't know that. You didn't tell me this before we started recording. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> Wait, crossing over with Jack Johnson? Yes. Just the concept of that? Yes. Don't tell Donovan Frankenreiter that. Or the Black Eyed Peas. Did Black Eyed Peas do a crossover? They literally said, hey, Jack. You know that song, Gone, that you sing sometimes that some people know? Yeah, we're going to come in and pretend like it's our song, and then you can sing the chorus. Interesting. It's kind of like the whole Timbaland featuring One Republic for right, Apologize. Right, Yeah. Okay. It's that scenario. Interesting. Okay. Um, Jack Johnson. I actually, uh, have I told you about my concept for a Jack Johnson cartoon? A Jack Johnson child cartoon? I'm not listening unless it does include Curious George. Um, Curious George absolutely could be in the mix or could not. I'm fine either way. The name of the show is Jack Johnson's Chill Zone. Featuring Curious George. Featuring Curious George. Feet Curious George. But he's not actually actually on it. It's just featuring him. Okay. He's doing the hand claps in the background. I could get behind that. Um, but it's just, it's just a show that teaches kids how to chill sometimes. Like when they reduce and when they reuse and when they recycle. Exactly. They are very much chilling. Oh, yeah. It's so chill to recycle and reduce and reuse. This feels like the less cynical version of Seinfeld. Like it's the show about chilling. Yeah, okay. Or the show about nothing, but you're chilling. Yeah. But I think the general concept was like chilling isn't just doing nothing. It's doing nothing after you've done something. It's doing nothing with style. Yeah. And so you get to learn about like, oh, what does this person do? How do they chill? Everyone chills differently. How do different cultures chill? Taking Jack Johnson and Curious George off the mix, who do you think is the most chill actor out there? 
Wow. And neither of them are actors. Curious George but, is an actor if you think about it. But you know where I'm going. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, Matthew McConaughey seems very chill. He seems pretty chill. That's going to be my first studio demand of today okay. is that we do include Matthew McConaughey with sunglasses at all times and a beer in his hand. Yeah, just chilling. Just chilling. Or maybe like a one of those drinks where it's you only fill it half an inch and you swirl it around with a big ice cube or a nice sphere sometimes. Can like we, a whiskey. I think it's a whiskey. It's probably whiskey. I know nothing. <laughs> um, we'll call it chill drink. It's a chill drink. TM, TM, TM. And crossovers with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> Don't steal that one. <laughs> no one's allowed to do a crossover with Matthew McConaughey anymore. We're looking at you, Wes Anderson. <laughs> Wait, what is he doing with Matthew McConaughey? Isn't he in Isle of Dogs? I think I. I think he's that. like the only actor in the world who's not in Isle of oh, Dogs. I thought I, I thought I heard that. Maybe I'm thinking of one of the other. They've got Jeff folks. Goldblum. There's a lot of folks and Bill there. Murray and Ed Norton and Brian Cranston and Scarlett Johansson and Ken Watanabe and like 50 other names because they shot but all not, of them at me in the trailer. But not Matthew McConaughey. They specifically said not Matthew McConaughey. It's not like that other uh, stop motion animated Japanese film, Kubo and the Two Strings, that does feature Matthew McConaughey. Right. I remember Matthew McConaughey very strongly in Kubo and the Two Strings. He He's already done his service to the stop motion right. animation Japanese styled movies. We'll so. leave him out of this then. There goes my concept for Isle of Dogs. <laughs> one, not a sequel. That was just my concept just for Isle of Dogs. Just a singular one. Yeah, just Isle of Dogs. So, Brian, it's season two. Season two. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Am I talking to Brian 2.0 now? 2.1.1, the latest release. Legit. <laughs> yep. Um, I am at 3.0, actually. Oh, skipped a version there. But I'm coming back as, like, your future guide. Okay. To help you progress oh, so you already season started, three. You already sort of know. I've experienced the joy that is season two. Season two is, I'm feeling it's going to be very good, but it's nice to know that you have at least survived season two. I, let me tell you this. It's pretty chill. Oh, it's very chill. Very at least chill. this episode uh, is feeling very chill. It's very chill. Um, what, are make, your, what are your goals for season two, Brian? <laughs> ah, new new season resolutions. I yeah. See. Um, I think really just be as chill as possible. Oh, that's a good chill goal. Yeah. I like that. I think any other goal is not chill. That's fair. My goal is not to be chill at Whoa. times. Whoa. I want to be a little crass. Okay. That's kind of like putting a little salt on a on a sweet thing. Is that a thing? Some salt on maybe a hard candy? Maybe like sweet and sour sauce? Yeah, it sort of enhances both flavors. I think that's what the season is titled. Season two, sweet, sweet and sour. Sweet and sour, okay. Sweet and sour sauce, specifically. Okay. I like it. This is the sequel to season one, folks. The Silver Screen <laughs> Redemption, sweet and sour sauce. Yep. So... Should we make a movie? We should make a movie. I mean, that's, that's what, what we did we last season. That is what we did last There's season. There's no reason we have to keep doing that, but... Uh... Um, but we are a movie sequel podcast, if that's you didn't true. read it's, in the title. It is in the subtitle. We are, after all, a comedy podcast that revisits your favorite film <laughs> franchises and makes subjectively necessary sequels. Yes. Um, that, is that is true. Brian, it's been a while since we just sat down uh, without a prompt to yeah. just kind of figure out what we want to do this episode. I mean, we... Normally, we would have the easy one of, hey, Ready Player Two is is coming out or is, is out by the time you're listening to this. That'd be a good one. But we already did it. So go listen to that episode in honor or in 
to get you psyched up for what you can expect from season two, go back to season one and yeah. uh, visit Ready Player Two. Because that's really what we are. Because really the only way to look to the future is to look to the past. That's pretty much what that movie's about. Yeah, yeah. That is true. It's a good point. Um, so we are player two. We are ready to go here. Let's do it. Um, what... Except we don't know what movie we're doing. We're not that ready. Should we we're do not the... Boy Scouts. Well, well, we can just do our usual crutch, right? Just sort of check uh, Fandango or one let's of the go. other. Let's go to our biggest fan, Mr. Dango. Let's see what's hot in the world of cinema right now. Let's see. I'm actually opening the Movie Pass app because it's easier to look at and That's faster fair. to get to. But you can cut that out. We'll pretend it's still Mr. Fandango. <laughs> Our biggest fan, Dango. Dango Unchained. <laughs> that well, was a movie to, joke. We need to get back to that at some point. Making movie jokes? Making movie jokes. Or making a sequel to Django Unchained. Uh, just saying this is our segment, Dango Unchained. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, Dango Unchained. Okay, <laughs> this season, we're doing segments. <laughs> Everything's changing this season. We've got segments, and one of them is called Dango Unchained. Where we go visit our biggest fan, Mr. Dango. Dango. Mr. Dango, you have my attention. <laughs> okay. Dango Unchained here. Um, um, here's something funny. I can only but- imagine. Well, imagine this. Okay. A giant panther literally just going to theaters and eating everything that comes on the screen, unless it's a panther. That's been the story of the cinemas, and we've literally not talked about it once. What? In the, la- the fact that Black Panther has been destroying the box office. Oh, we have not talked about that. That's absolutely true. Because we, we have talked a lot about Black Panther long before it came Leading out. Leading up to it. Yes. We were on the Marvel hype train, and then when Black Panther became... The top grossing comic book movie of all time. We decide, nope. High school we are musical. Too hipster. <laughs> High school musical. Here we go. That's what we're talking about. Um, yeah, Black Panther's doing doing pretty well. It finally got punched in the face out of the first spot by Pacific Rim Uprising. Okay. Interesting. Uh, by that good good Finn. Finn, another strong black lead. Um, I didn't know that anyone liked the original Pacific Rim. I feel like a lot of people made fun of it when it came out, but now that they're making another, I feel like everyone's been like, oh yeah, I love Pacific Rim. I feel like it was a cult classic a little bit. Was it? Okay. Like it did give people that wish fulfillment of what if the Power Rangers took on Godzilla? Yeah, okay. In the rain with Idris Elba. Idris Elba's a That's all I know of the movie. I haven't actually seen it. But the good thing about this podcast, The Silver Screen Redemption, where we revisit (laughs) your favorite film franchises and make subjectively necessary sequels. Tell your friends. Is that we we don't care. We just make movie sequels. Yeah, we can do whatever we so want. So we could do Pacific Rim Uprising Ascendance. Okay. That's that's on the table. Or the th- or we just call it the third Pacific Rim movie in honor of the first Power Rangers movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um so that's an option. Um Look at these movies. There are a lot of movies. Here's a good one. Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes has a lot of potential. It is the sequel to Gnomeo and Juliet. Did I did we did I forget this episode when we invented Sherlock Gnomes? Because it does sound like a distinctly silver screen invention. I think we fell in love with it because it did sound like a silver screen yeah. redemption movie. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and call up Paramount Probably. and uh own them now. Not we, the studio, but Sherlock Gnomes. We do own Sherlock Gnomes. Um one interesting thing that is not a choice I would have made for a children's movie was put a 
put one of the gnomes in a mankini and have him slap his butt right into the camera in the trailer. Because that's what everybody wants. The Green Band trailer. That's what everybody wants from a gnome movie. Right. It's not a choice I would have made, but now I realize how wrong I was. Yeah. Obviously, obviously you don't know the market. Yeah. Um, But I do think this is a good potential area for us to dive into. Um, So the first movie, obviously, Gnomeo and Juliet. Next one, Sherlock Gnomes. What? There's probably like millions of running threads on YouTube, on the internet right now that are making up all sorts of third movies in the trilogy. But we're the only ones who have the balls to actually go forward and make this movie. Yeah. So if there was a third installment, what would it be called? And then let's dig into this. All right. Uh, the Great Gnomes B. Okay, that's one. It's not as good, right? You you do want the Ohm originally in the title. Yeah. So we, that's sort of a stretch. Gnome Dick. I'm just reading a list of classic works of literature. Gnome Dick, which oddly on brand already. Yeah. Um, Pride and Prejudice and Gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> They're stretching it a little bit. Um, What about Gnome Quixote? Gnome Quixote is pretty good. If I knew anything about Don Quixote, um, I would say go with it, but I don't. Uh, it's a, that's a pretty good. Friends at home, you can make your own Gnome Quixote movie. We'll have a do-it-yourself segment afterwards. Yeah. Like, just take this page out of the back of the magazine and cut out all the pieces and put it together however you want. I'm just telling you, Gnome Quixote. Because in the Spanish, it is pronounced Don Quixote. So it is pretty close there. Yeah. Um, Here's a crazy idea. What do you think the rivals of Garden Gnomes are? Oh. Um, trolls. Oh, probably. Or dogs who pee on them. I was almost thinking like flamingos, like garden flamingos. Oh, that's better and much more visually interesting. But I don't know if everyone will pick up on that joke. Little Gnomen? <laughs> We're picture back on of this. Gnome, picture of Gnomey in gray? <laughs> There's nothing. Um, what about Gnome Alone? Gnome Alone, that classic piece of literature. It's a classic piece of film. It is. And what if we bring Macaulay Culkin back into the mix? And he is the new gnome. gnome, but he's the Gnome Alone. Right. The Gnome of Monte Cristo? Is that anything? Nope, definitely isn't. I almost feel like we need to go inside the house. And they need to go to war with the gnomes outside. Like, I think there is a little bit of this Toy Story aspect of uh, something alive. They're trying to break free and they want to take over the yard. They want to be liberated from the chains, the prison that is the home. And so they Uh come to conquer the garden and the gnomes must defend themselves. Okay. I like that. What about the adventures of Huckleberry Gnome? Or Noma, which is Emma by Jane Austen. That's that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing, Brian. But what about the the gnomacy or the the gnomiad of of gnomes and men? The catcher <laughs> in the gnome, the gnomer in the rye. Okay, so nineteen a, nineteen gnomey four. What's a good house decoration? <laughs> a house decoration is a grandfather clock. What's a house decoration that has a face? And no, don't say grandfather clock. A grandfather clock. clock has a face. Like a tangible eyes, nose, ears, mouth, um, face. What about nutcrackers? A nutcracker is pretty good. That could be the Christmas special. 
of this gnome series. I think the that... gnome cracker. That's it. We did it. We the, got to it. The gnome cracker. Because there is that ridiculous looking Nutcracker movie that yes. is coming out by Disney. That I, I su- will definitely see. You will definitely see. I will definitely make fun of it for as long as I yes. stand. I say we just can that production and take the resources from that and go ahead and make Gnome Cracker. Gnome Cracker, yeah. Gnome Cracker's pretty good. Because see, like, they're still a big threat to gnomes. I see this horrible image of like a gnome's nose getting stuck. In the mouth of the Nutcracker, and it just chomping it down, and then shatters into no more nose, no more no nose, no more nose, no more noses, and that's the tagline. Um, Gnome Cracker. So it is definitely Christmas. I mean, I mean, the other ones didn't have anything to do with other house decorations. No, but that's why we extend the universe. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was feeling very caged in with with Gnomeo and Juliet and Sherlock gnomes. Yeah, there's only so far you can go. With those Gnome areas. Cracker really opens up a lot of doors, literally, because they go inside the house. I think it's cold outside. Yeah. Oh, that is a good dynamic. The gnomes want to get in. Especially Mankini. Especially Mankini. The one who wears a Mankini. Could they not come up with a name for it? No, he. it's just Mankini. That was his Christian name. Okay. Don't that, make fun of people's names, Brian. doesn't sound very Christian to me. Um... From what I understand in Latin, it means reverent righteous one. And he is leading the pact and saying, hey, I am cold. It is Christmas time. I want to be with my fellow righteous people. I'm not wearing many clothes. I have no clothes. Let me be swaddled in clothes and love and house fire warmth. Oh, so they're really trying to get to that, that nice hearth. And they see... They peer in the window and they see like the kids romping around and playing and the adults just rocking in their rocking chairs. And then they leave to go to bed and they're like, now's our time. And then who's that in the corner on top of the piano? It's a nutcracker. He starts looking over and they're like, oh, do we have a friend? He could relate to us. He knows our yeah. our plight. But then he just kind of like folds his arms and says, uh, 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 except he says it with his mouth that goes up and down. Can he not talk? Oh, he does. You're thinking he says, uh, uh, uh. But his, his mouth just moves like that. Got yeah. it. I, I like the idea of them seeing the Nutcracker from outside and being like, hey, I know that I don't know their relationship with humans in this franchise. Let's assume that they I are afraid of humans. I think it's Toy Story-esque. Got it. Okay. So they revere the humans, but are not allowed to let the humans know that they are alive. Yes. So they have to sneak into the house. But on top of that, like, they can't just do their typical cliche, like, oh, I'm just going to freeze and I'm okay. Yeah. Maybe they won't notice me because you know who does notice them? The Nutcrackers. The Nutcracker, yeah. And the Nutcrackers are assembling an army to defend their home. Yeah. And that's where we get our Gnome Alone tie-in. Oh, I like this. I, I think it's, is it maybe called Gnome Cracker colon Gnome Alone? Or maybe it's two movies. I think it's a part one and part two, because if there's anything I've learned from the Divergent series and the Hunger Games series and those other series is that you definitely need two parts, because that's exactly what yeah. the audience is demanding. And it's going to bring us lots of moolah. Is this a two part podcast episode where we discuss No, it, it is definitely not. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, good. You can tweet at me as angrily as you want. I'm not doing a back to back episode of. No, no, I was just gonna colon no Malone. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, let's just take whatever we record, cut it in half. <laughs> we don't have to record. We don't have to record next week. 
<laughs> that's how we do it in season two. Yeah, season two. That's some season two chill vibes. Season two, half the time. Vibes por favor. Yes. I saw a hat that said that the other day. I was very confused. It said vibes por favor. Um, I like this general concept. I, th- I think what their ultimate goal is not just to, they're not playing this short game of let's just get to the fire and be warm. They really do like, they want jobs as nutcrackers indoors. They, we, we want an indoor job because it's freezing out there. Wait, why do they want to be nutcrackers? Because they, that's the only job they know exists on the indoors. You mean they want to be house decoration? They want to be house decoration. That's fair. Yeah. Because it is chilly. And for some reason, none of these gnomes have experienced a winter before. <laughs> this is the first one. I think they grew up in California. And that's how the movie starts off. Is they are oh. packed away. The family's taking them to, let's say, Utah. Okay. Where there is snow. Where the there is snow. Greatest snow on there Earth. is snow right here, right now, here in Utah. Right here. Right now. Right um, here. Right now. And it is the end of March as we're recording this. And it's very cold in Utah. It's a desert, but it's a cold desert. One of those cold deserts. They're not used to that. So what else is Utah known for? Nutcrackers. We, my parents who do live in Utah have a lot of nutcrackers in their house at Christmas time. My parents have a single nutcracker that I bought in Germany and sent to them. I but like they the, do have a nutcracker. I like the concept of a single nutcracker. I think one of the one of the nutcrackers is trying to find a a partner, and we reintroduce the whole Romeo and Juliet theme. Okay, and he falls in love with a gnome with Juliet. Nope, too much. That's too much. I think Nomeo and Juliet stay together. I think they have a daughter. Because I do think the end of Nomeo and Juliet does leave them alive because they are in Sherlock Gnomes. And because it is a kid's movie. They could have died. People die in kid's movies. And why movies. would you kill James McAvoy and Emily Blunt's characters? Is that who it is? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. With Johnny Depp as Sherlock what? Gnomes and Chiwetel Ejiofor as Watson. Do I have to see these movies? No, you don't. Okay. This is a paycheck movie. Got it. Just like this is a paycheck episode. Wait, wait, wait. It's a paycheck movie like it's it's like paycheck the movie? Yes. Wow, I didn't know any of those those names were in it. Yep. Interesting. It's a big, fun-filled starred cast. <sighs> okay. Um, so yeah, little nutty or the nutty professor. Can one of the nutcrack- call- one of the nutcrackers should be voiced by Eddie Murphy, and he's the nutty professor. Just and- as a quick cameo, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he is the the ammunition supplier. Like, yeah, he's their doctor. He's their yeah, their their professor. Yeah, I like that. He's building the weapons to go to war with. I like this idea of like you know how there's the little train track that goes around the Christmas tree. I like them deassembling it and using it to like mobilize around the house. The so nutcrackers that, or the gnomes? The nutcrackers. Okay, so that they can keep watch on all of the windows from where the gnomes could come. Maybe it's just my my uh, American point of view, but there's something about trains that feel very European and somewhat authoritarian. Maybe maybe the association with uh, with Mussolini making the trains run on time, but I kind of like these military nutcrackers being very into trains. I think you mean Natalini. Natalini, who is in this movie, yeah. I think he is the one provoking war, and he is the one that... In the end, both teams decide, you know what? This is a true dictator here. He's the one causing us to fight. There's enough fire for all of us to cozy on by and get warm with. And thanks to Juliet Jr. and my son, the Nutcracker. No, we're going to name this new... We got to name these characters. Um, 
Okay, we need a a. Is that what we're doing? Is it going to be a female gnome with a male nutcracker? I don't think I've ever seen a female nutcracker. That might be a groundbreaking new thing for us to add in. So it is the son of Nomeo and Juliet. Okay, and his name is Little Romeo. <laughs> Little Nomeo. Little Nomeo. Yeah. Little Nomeo. Um. And then the girl's name, who is the little nutcracker, is is she uh, is she the nutty professor's daughter? I or I, she another? I another feel like one. she needs to be the daughter of the the captain, the the, the general. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily the not, Nuttalini. Not Nuttalini. Man, I kind of want a better name for Nuttalini now. Nutsalini is is almost Nussalini, which is German. What about for nut? What about Nutellini? Could like Nutella. Yes. We're doing that one. And I do like this image of when he talks, every like six word, a little bit of like Rick from Rick and Morty with his little like saliva burps okay. that come out. But a little Nutella. bit of Nutella comes out. Yeah. I like that image. He's just crushing walnuts. Or hazelnuts, sorry. Crushing hazelnuts. What if the girl's Hazel? Hazel's a very good name for her. Yes. Except... Would you name your daughter after something that your main job is crushing? I mean... All right, we'll just ignore that, and that works for me, because it's a good name. There is a man named Rocky, and we do crush rocks. Wait, what? Like Rocky Balboa. But, like, his dad wasn't a rock crusher. You don't know that? I guess I don't know anything about Rocky, so... That's the next Rocky movie. It's specifically Rocky, the prologue. I thought his dad was a butcher. And that's why he was in the butcher shop, punching all the hanging... Yes, but before he was a butcher, he was a rock crusher. All right. And then they realized there's no useful job that would ever need that, so that's why I picked up crushing slabs of meat. All right. I, I think Hazel works. I don't think kids will think that far, because they also didn't notice that the gnome who wears a mankini is named Mankini. Yeah. So I think we can name the hazelnut crushing dictator... No, the hazelnut crushing military general... His daughter, Convenient Hazel. Can I just say, we're recasting Mankini as Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. He's very chill. He's very chill. All right, all right, all right, guys. I hey, just want the fire. McConaughey needs paychecks, too. Yeah, he does. Um, or he probably doesn't. I, I think this is good. I think we should go to the studio demands at this point. I have one more thing before we do that. Yes. I want a montage of them trying different jobs. Yes. In they're like, maybe we don't have to just be decorations that stand around. Maybe we can uh, feed the animals or mow the lawn. Mow the lawn. We'll go indoors. to the next door neighbor's house and knock on the door and say, "Hey, you want us to mow the lawn? We'll literally just like chomp on it because it's our food. Because they eat grass. Yeah, as established in the canon. Um, I think they try baking some gingerbread cookies, and I, I just, I just really want that fun scene of them going around. And trying household chores they've never done before, trying to earn their their place in this in this house. I don't know where this is gonna pay off in the end, but let's let's definitely keep a book. I just on it. I just think it's fun to it throw just in there, establishing their characters. Um. So yes, let's do a studio demand. But first, before we do the studio ma- studio demand, we also need a paycheck. We're not getting paid, but. We uh, do need to get we, some product placement in this one. We wanted to introduce new segments, new right? New segments, season two. Season two segments. Um, this segment is where we take someone that we want to tell you about, and we work them into our movie somehow and sort of tell you all about their thing, which maybe you've heard in other podcasts as ads. That's kind of what it is. 
but not really. Here we call it product placement. Here we call it product placement. Because everyone knows that's a much better way of explaining it. It's not. It's not. It's native. This is native advertising. This is this is a good friend who's going to be in our movie. Yeah. In one way or another. Um, should I read their little thing about their whole deal? And then we can sort of talk about how we are going to work it in. Oh, for sure. Okay. Please so, do, Brian. Okay. Our product placement today is State Your Case, which is a podcast that travels the United States of America talking to representatives from each and every state in an effort to create a newer, sleeker, more aerodynamic America by cutting out the states that aren't pulling their weight. Join us as we create America 2.0 while learning about the unique food, drink, culture, landmarks, history, and sometimes cryptozoology of each state. There is a note here to remind you that you should check out the Vermont slash New Hampshire one. I guess those are the same episode. They fit together very nicely, I feel like, Vermont and New Hampshire. But let's be real. They're two different states. They are two different if states. If I was a New Hampshire in, yeah. I would be very upset right now. I mean, they fit they fit well geographically, but they are in different parts of the alphabet. They're bosom buddies, but they are not one at the hip. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one at the hip is actually a pretty good way to describe their geographical position with each other. But that's that's an episode that that the the folks at State Your Case defo want you to listen to. Um, Do they have a Utah episode, Brian? I don't. I forgot to check that. Um, I do want to know that. I wonder if we could guest star and be the voice oh, of Utah. The Utah episode. Like, it would, wait. Do you think it's an animated podcast, and we could be the the literal voice of Utah, the character? And I think he does have like multiple personality disorder. <laughs> okay. And he has to defend his right to stay in these great United States. Yeah, because it is a great state that is united. I mean, we tried pretty hard to get into the United States. Well, first, the people who founded Utah tried to get very tried very hard to get out of the United States, then settled down, and then they they wisened up a little. Then bit. desperately wanted to get back in the United States. So, uh, what do you think the cryptozoology of Utah is? What would it be? I think it's the uh, Olympic mascots from the two thousand two. Uh, Salt Lake Olympics. Are you talking about like those rundown shops where it's been out of business for five years, but there's like little toy mascots in the corner that are looking creepily at you? Is that a thing? It's happened somewhere. I don't know if that's my dreams or if it's a real <laughs> life experience where I walked by and that little bear was staring up at me. Yeah, that's uh, Cole. Cole oh. is the bear. And Copper. Copper is the... Fox, I want to say. And there's a or rabbit. coyote, maybe. And the rabbit, the hair, the Arctic hair is powder. Powder. Powder, copper, and coal. I remember them. Well I think enough. that's our cryptozoology. And believe me, they could fit into Peter Rabbit, but they would be the scariest monsters in Peter Rabbit. Yeah. Forget Domino Gleason. He's nothing on these guys. I will say they're my favorite Olympic mascots. I've looked at a bunch of others. A lot of them are very abstract. I like that these were just animals. With but our... now there are cryptozoology. Well, now they are after the curse. So it doesn't look like there's a Utah episode. So if you're listening to this, state your case. Please invite us. We want to. We want to defend Utah. It's a good place. Hold on, there are over twenty episodes. There is a Utah episode with Holly Flanagan. Dang it, Holly! We bring you onto our podcast and you stab us in the back. I I specifically want Holly to know you are not our friend anymore. <laughs> How dare you, you took go on our podcast, podcast spot? Um, Anyways, that is state your case, guys. Forget what we're saying about Utah and our anger towards Holly taking our spot. It sounds great. Go check me, it out. Let me tell you a little more about it. Actually, 
Where else will you learn that Rhode Island invented sideburns or that the Colorado Park Service is so insane that they carved slides into the sides of mountains? Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, there's a new episode every Thursday um, on iTunes or wherever fine podcast products are found. So how are we going to work this in? How are we going to... Is Utah going to be a character in our... Uh... They're already moving to Utah. Okay. Oh, that's right. We did do that. So maybe Powder, Copper, and Cole make an appearance. I think that's ultimately what unites the two groups, the Nutcrackers and the Gnomes, is they see these furry, innocent at first looking monsters, but with trick of the camera, they turn very vicious in appearance. And they realize, you know what? There are greater dangers. There are bigger animosities that we need to defend ourselves from than each other. Here's another idea. What if stuffed animals come into the picture? So, like, I'm not thinking Toy Story as much as, like, Beanie Babies and, you know, stuffed teddy teddy bears, which I guess Toy Story has teddy bears as well. Yes. But what if that is how they sort of learn to put aside their differences? The the gnomes realize, oh, these little ones, the little, the little humans are much nicer to us. You know, they don't ignore yeah. us. They suck on us sometimes. Maybe there's a baby that- They suck on us? Maybe there's a baby that sucks on the little uh, gnome hat. Gotcha. Is what I was imagining. Um, nothing weird. No, that was very weird. Um, <laughs> but I do approve of it because this is Crass Houston coming into the picture now. <laughs> um, so then they think, let's find where the, the children spend their time. We like the children. And they find the children's bedroom that the Nutcrackers have never gone to. They, they're not allowed upstairs. They, they're very strict. They're very like, no, we patrol the ground floor. We can't leave it unattended. We never go to the children's bedrooms. But they go to the children's bedrooms and they find a Toy Story-esque scene of all these different toys and stuffed animals living together in harmony. And they're like, wait, we could do this. And Powder, Copper, and Coal stuffed animals are there. Yes. Because it's in Utah. Of course. And every house in Utah is legally mandated and, to have the official mascots. And can I just say this? I feel like this movie is going to do to Utah what the Lord of the Rings did to New Zealand. Right. And everyone's going to want to go visit Utah afterwards. Yeah. And then they will know for sure it does need to be part of America 2.0. This is very good. So forget whatever you were saying. <laughs> we're doing that idea now. That's another thing we're doing in season two. We're listening to some of my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I supported your idea, Brian. <laughs> okay. I um, never dejected it. <laughs> okay. Um, let's do a let's do an actual studio demand now. Okay. We did our product placement. Check. State your case. Check them out. Uh, but now we need to go to the real harsh critics, which are our studio executives slash listeners of this podcast. Um, okay. Let's spin that big old wheel. Okay, our studio demand this week comes from George Hartree. Um, one of the protagonist's parents is super into haunted dolls. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe not protagonists, maybe the uh, the adults in the house, right? Yes. They have a haunted doll collection. Because we in Utah, we really love haunted dolls. That's another Utah classic uh, thing that we're very into is haunted dolls. Haunted dolls, nutcrackers. And creepy stuffed animals. I mean, is everything in this haunted? Like, I, you don't normally see a gnome moving around and, and slapping his butt. What if this is a scary movie told from the point of the scarers 
but they are just normal, mild behavior people oh. trying to live their lives. And then at the end, we cut to the humans who are all who are just fetal position curled up into a corner with. I uh, I I really like the image of maybe in that fun montage. Here's where it's going to pay off. Maybe there's a part where they're trying to use the phone or something. Okay, but they knock it off and they like accidentally cut the cord or something. Okay, yeah. That's terrifying to someone who is who is trying to break out of their house um, because of a a haunted you know haunted uh, doll slash gnome slash yes. nutcracker situation. Maybe they're snowed in. I think they're snowed in. They're yes. trapped in the house. All these things are haunted. Like that's already been in the lore the whole time. They think we're getting snowed in. All the demons and bad juju is coming for us. Gnomes are just like, hey, it's cold. It's it's the worst storm of the century. Yeah. We just want to get in. We're not trying to scare you. Yeah, they, they they want to earn their place in the house, and they're trying to help out with these chores. But when you, like, maybe we'll have, like, a flashback of that same montage from the point of view of the people. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, they cut the phone lines. What if this And movie... they will say, oh, my gosh, because it is in Utah. Yes. Uh, you, Can I just say this? Like, let's go back to making this two movies again. What if this is, like, a... Uh, what do we call it? Gnome Cracker colon Gnome Alone. Gnome Alone. And then the sequel is Gnome Cracker colon- Gnome Tergeist. Gnome Tergeist, <laughs> which is the Lion King one and a half version of this, where we watch the whole movie oh, again from the perspective of yes. the humans. Yes. Double feature. That's that really was good. a high five to my microphone. Um, Hold on. What was the title again? Gnome Cracker colon Gnome, Cracker. Gnome Alone. I think we just call it Gnome Alone- and Gnome Turgeist, okay. the two movies, because now featuring Gnome Crackers, featuring Gnome Crackers, obviously yes. they'll they'll be very heavy in the trailer as these meanies. Maybe one of them is like very goofy though. It's like, oh look at this funny nut. Or he nut literally cracker. is Goofy the toy. Oh, that's fun too. Yes, it is now a Disney movie. Yep. Thank you, Disney. Your Thank first you, horror Disney. movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the nice thing is, like, if you just want to go with your kids, you take them to. To the first one. To Gnome Alone. You take him to Gnome Alone, and it's like, oh, wacky fun, traps in the house, and then, they're so clumsy. And then you drop them off with the babysitter and say, like, we're going back to the movie. We're going wink, back wink. to Gnome Tergeist. And then you go and see the creepy version of it. I like it. I like these unexpected horror movies. This is good marketing. Yeah. Like, I love this plan. Well, and I mean, that's how double features used to work, I think. You'd go to the drive-in. And you'd uh, you'd watch the first one, and it was Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were Bunny, and then the little kids would fall asleep, and, and the then you watch would watch a Were Bunny, Curse of the Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how they worked. Yeah. Um, the second one was always retelling the first movie from a different point of view. Exactly. That's actually like that's actually like pretty novel and pretty cool. I could see a movie. I could see a studio doing that. Yeah. Um, I actually really like this. I want in our advertising campaign to have a commercial edited in a way that you literally just change the soundtrack to the trailer and you play one soundtrack, yeah. it's kids movie. Play another soundtrack, it's a horrifying adult movie. What if the kid version is like a high pitched tone that the parents can't hear? Right? You know, you know that? Yeah. Like if you're over 40, you can't hear a certain uh -huh. tone. So we'll have that for the, and it'll be like, Hey, for the little kiddos. Look at this wacky fun with these gnomes trying to get into this house. I don't know how the gnomes sound. Um, they sound like James McAvoy and Emily Blunt. But doing normal voices? Yes. They're just normal? They're very normal. 
Are they? They're act- not doing dramatic chops in this movie. They're just act. They're, they're not even d- acting. They're just getting a paycheck from oh, their paycheck movie. I want to be an actor. Yeah. I mean, a, a famous established actor. Yeah. I don't want to do the hard work. I'm fine doing. I would if I were an actor. I would totally do Sherlock Gnomes. There's no judgment from here. I would totally do it. Make some money doing easy work. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So Gnome Alone. Maybe we have two people doing the mu- the music for each. Okay. Are they the same movie, but with different audio? Maybe we do it not just for the trailer, but for the, the whole movie. movie. Yeah. You put different it's musical cues. We're going to need a really established director who could pull this off. Yeah. But like that montage, I think it does center around that montage. But you know who is a really good horror animated director that we have made through season one of this podcast? Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. With such hits as... The bro baby? Bro baby? <laughs> what else did he do? Did he do Where's Rachel? Uh, He probably did. Probably. He also did the Land Before Time, Before yeah. Time movie. I thought you were going to say Tim Burton, who was a very logical choice for this, I think. Well, yeah, it could be Tim Burton. Um, Who directs the gnome movies? No one important. Hence, no, they're directing the gnome movies. No one at all. I don't think no one at all. No one. <laughs> I think it's just James McAvoy. Just being like, I don't know. Here's something. What about this? Draw something to this. Yeah, they just kind of said whatever and then gave it to the animators. And the animator director, is that a thing? Yep. Um, sure is. Maybe the the uh, the animation coach goes and he takes with that and says, all right, guys, we got to make something <laughs> out of this. Put me in coach. I'm ready to voice act. I'm ready to voice act. <laughs> it's time for the big playoffs. Because <laughs> they're football players, I guess. Yep. Um. And they're, and they're really going to, I think it's the sound director who's really going to shine in this. And it's definitely our favorite, just, just listener, just insert your favorite sound director here. And you, I am, you know, you have one. I am just going to go ahead and say that it is John Williams right now. Is he a sound director? No, but he is now. Now that he's retired from composing. Yes. He'll be a sound director. Really no, sprucing here's up what our I movie. Think. John Williams and Hans Zimber. And I did say Zimber on purpose. No, I, I did not. But, I understood why you said that. But John Williams, he gets the whimsical side of it. The happy, yeah. go lucky, this is a child movie. Hans Zimmer gets this creepy, scary side of it. Everything sounds scary that he does. Okay. He did Pirates of the Caribbean. He did the Dark Knight trilogy. He does everything nowadays. Okay. Every Christopher Nolan movie. And uh, we do get Christopher Nolan for this. I've decided. All right. I just think he's our go-to guy. Yeah. Because he's everyone's go-to he's, guy. He's just sort of on our on our short list. Um, what it, now, I, I was going to say Michael Giacchino somewhere in there, but that's just too much. We'll save him for another day. He can make a cameo. I mostly just wanted to show that I now know how to pronounce his last name. Oh, it's good Giacchino. for you. That's another goal or another segment that we're going to include in this season. How do you Brian pronounce? Brian says something right. How do you pronounce Michael Giacchino's name? That's our segment. But it will be it's, something besides Giacchino. Giacchino. I thought it was Giacchino for a very long time. Like a cappuccino. Yeah, like a je- like a like a Michael Cappuccino. Yes. But it is Giacchino in the traditional Italian. Now that we're telling Giacchino jokes, I think we should wrap it up. Okay. What if he's just the Giacchino speaker at a at a conference? Because Giacchino. Okay. No, I got it. Do you want to uh, tell right. them where they can find us? Brian? I absolutely do. Um, you can find us on Facebook, the Silver Screen Redemption. Silver Screen is one word, as always. Uh, we have a website up. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but it's silverscreenpod.com. We will keep that up to date. 
We're starting to do posters for all of our movies, or at least most of them. So that's been fun. Check those out there. You can find us on Twitter if you really try, at Screen Redeem. But that's really just sort of updates of when... Our followers aren't big tweeters. Nah. It's not really our thing. We don't really promote it or check it either, though. So there could be a few tweets. I just haven't looked at it. Uh, But uh, definitely check out the Facebook page. Uh, Follow us there. Uh, That's where we'll try and... uh, that's where the magic happens. That's where the magic happens, really. Anything else we need to sort of get in here at the end? Get that hashtag going. Hashtag season two, colon, sweet and sour sauce, colon, segments. Yep. But there it is. It's a big one. So it's hashtag sweet and sour segments. Those were combined in one hashtag? Or were those separate hashtags? It's all one hashtag. Okay. It's season two, colon, sweet and sour sauce, oh, colon, colon, segments. Okay. I like it. Um. But I do like sweet and sour segments, and that will be our thing going forward. Some of them are good, some of them bad. They're sweet and sour. Yeah, sweet and sour. On that note, what's your name? I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bobbly. Whether or not they need redemption, we'll be there. similarities to actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental.